When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Hello, uglies, and welcome to the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night postmortem recap for the Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 5 episode seven as always we are your hosts for the evening the queens of darkness the belay brothers jack morda and swan thula and as the creators directors and executive producers of the belay brothers dragula we do this podcast to connect with all of you at home who are fans of the show and who want to know just a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes from us the creators themselves And some of the things that we saw online this week about the show, I thought were a little crazy. Yeah, I I do feel like some of the fans are layering a level of intensity over the personal dynamics from the cast that don't really exist. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind the fans, the level of drama on season five is pretty low. If we look back at previous seasons, season two comes to mind. Season four absolutely comes to mind where there was real heat in the boudoir and heat in the cauldron and and we are getting some of that spice for this season but these competitors are friends they when jk and cynthia sort of were giving their heated exchanges at the campfire and then in the talking head we saw you know what well this is kind of like what drag is about this is what it's like in a green room when you're booked for a show it can get spicy you can say fun cutting things but we all laugh and we kind of move on because we know there's sort of like a sisterhood brotherhood kind of thing going on yeah and i think that still stands true today but i think fans are so excited and so passionate about who they love and who's out there and maybe they don't see a lot of competitors that look like the competitors that are on dragula so they get extra passionate about it but i, I don't want that to get warped into attacking the competitors for what they might say or do on the show yeah i think so too i this cast gets along they are actually friends they still talk to each other and are friendly all of them to this day Fantasia was just with Throb in Throb's hometown and Orgotic is going to hang out with Blackberry and perform and JK was just with Blackberry and it's like what you're seeing on TV with them throwing little barbs and stuff they're in a a heated competition and a reality show where they are constantly asked to tell the audience what they think of everyone else's drag constantly. Right. We see competitors talking like Throb might be like I want to take Fantasia out and it isn't because Throb's sitting around and every time the camera rolls Throb wants to talk about taking Fantasia out, but we do need to know what our competitors are thinking. And those are in the competition in the the competition. Exactly. 
I want to talk about something that I've heard a few times over the last week, and it is the questioning of BlackBerry. Like, who is BlackBerry? Oh, yeah. And I just kind of want to look at that for a minute because I think in some ways it might come across as, like, offensive. Uh But I think that the heart of the question is really about... BlackBerry's superpower, which is this 100% versatility. Mm -hmm. The reason that that comes up is because this is a little kind of behind the scenes tea. BlackBerry was super quiet up till this point in the competition, like honestly kind of silent. And the producers who are fans of hers really wanted her to open up and share more of her personality so that fans could connect and root with her the way that they did. And the thing is, is that if your point of view as an artist is more assignment based, like meaning you change your style to answer the assignment and you're quiet on top of that, viewers tend to not get a solid idea of your brand and they don't connect with you. And I think that obviously changed by this point in the competition. You know, she's clearly established established who she is, but initially the cast wasn't getting a lot of interaction from her. So they just didn't know what, you know, what her perspective was. And now this is the same critique that we gave Onyx. Yeah. You know, almost identical. Yeah. And it just it's sort of like when you come on a show like this, you have to be able to say this is who I am. And I do think Blackberry did that. Oh, you know? and I think Blackberry knows exactly who Blackberry is. Me too. It's just a matter of if it was coming across to the audience where we are in the competition. Anyways, now let's talk about some fun. Let's stuff. talk about some fun stuff <laughs> like this little piece of tea. Casting for the Blade Brothers Dragula season six is now officially open. (laughs) Well, the time crunch isn't only affecting us. There is a small window of time for applicants to get their applications in to audition for the Blade Brothers Dragula season six. So now hear this. If you are a drag monster and you think you have what it takes to fight and snatch the crown of Dragula, be sure to go to bladebrothersdragula.com and you will find everything you need to submit your application. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will be diving into Season 5, Episode 7, The Blacklight Haunted House. All right, everyone, we are back, and we are now... In the Neon Haunted House. Ooh. <laughs> so this is the first time the audience has seen any of our cold opens in color this year. I really liked that. That was a fun a fun bit to shoot, don't you think? It was fun, but I had one of my infamous nuclear meltdowns. Yeah. Like, my core just overheated. It was mm. so hot. It was difficult to get in there. It was loud. They had the clowns laughing. There was specialty lights and beauty lights and UV lights, and it was all, like, happening in this crazy, crunchy clown oven. I wanted to die. I know. Sometimes people will say, well, the swan's chest looks red or drax ear looks red i'm like you don't understand they really don't there's makeup on everything but sometimes it gets so hot on set that you just sweat through everything there's just no way around it it's so hot sometimes so they get their challenge it is Blacklight Haunted House, which I'm so excited about. I was thrilled to give them this challenge, but also scared because as you know, and the audience may not, doing makeup in blacklight or a blacklight reveal is so difficult. It's so hard. And I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of the actual makeup Mm -hmm. and then how you apply that makeup. Because if you do it the wrong way or you have the wrong stuff, you will see every streaky brush stroke 
smear and yeah. you won't be able to tell until the black lights on and then it comes on and you, it looks like yeah so trash. when you if you turn on your regular makeup mirror and you you apply the black light makeup it'll look great and it'll look very smooth but then when you turn on the black light you see brush strokes and holes in it and everything and it's terrible so i was a little nervous to give them this but we'll get to this later i'm very happy about the way it turned out and i'm so proud of all of them oh me i am so proud of the way that everything turned out because this was a difficult challenge we get to see coco kane next so Yay. coco comes in to host the fright feet I love seeing Coco in this role. I think she looked great. I think she's doing a great job at it. And she looks so good. I mean, the first time we saw Coco this season, it was very deadly and high vamp. But this one was like a little, little sexier and yeah, like yeah, fun yeah. and like color. And it was great. I love it. She's doing a great job at it. I love seeing her with Israel and interacting with the competitors. She really has such fun. a funny nature to so her. So natural too. Yeah. And so Throb wins the 99 cent store makeup challenge, which mm -hmm. was really fun. What did you think of their look? Oh, I... <laughs> I don't <laughs> do I have to answer well I'll, I'll, I'll be nice I'll say I thought Throb did a great job and should have won but I also thought Blackberry's like little Shirley Temple interpretation was actually kind of cute I thought it was well done too I thought it was fun to see Cynthia try to go for her classic makeup but with the wrong materials <laughs> yeah doesn't quite turn out the same. I've always wanted to do the 99 cent makeup store challenge because we'll go we'll be in a store somewhere and I see these busted ass makeup kits that they try to sell people for Halloween. And I'm like, and the person on the package always looks so good. <laughs> I'm like, you could never do this could look never. with these crayons. Oh my God. What are they trying to sell these people? But I, I also always was like, God, I really want to see drag artists have to use it. or somebody because it is like torture and i'm and i think back as a child and watching little kids now it's different because i think there's a lot of cool halloween oh, yeah. costumes that i see and i'm like oh, i wish i was a kid again the halloween costumes are so good but the makeup back then was trash and it was not easy to look good you would you know they would have like the dracula makeup kit and i'm mm -hmm. talking about this a long time ago <laughs> you'd buy it and the person on the box's face is stark white Right. And the black is all solid and filled in. And their you cheeks are contoured. Like, the red is saturated blood red. Yeah, you start good. putting it on. It's all waxy. There's no pigment to it. You just look like you put Vaseline all over your face. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Throb wins the prize and the prize is immunity from extermination. Now, this is like really valuable. We don't I don't know if we've ever done this one before. And if we have, it's very few and far between. Yeah, I think that this is a great prize to win at this point in the competition. I agree. So we see a lot of amazing stuff once they start going into their creatives and we can really get a sense of like, oh, this is going to be like this Egyptian transformation and that's going to be so cool and different. But the most amazing thing, arguably the most amazing thing oh, that we no. see in the lab is Cynthia's sphere drama. <laughs> Cynthia figuring out what a sphere is. Yeah. Cynthia's cube drama <laughs> yeah. and, and actually discovering that a cube is not a circle or a round it is actually a square <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> wow <laughs> so entertaining though cynthia cracks me up i could have <laughs> listened to her explain shapes and primary colors all day long <laughs> totally even asking for directions in the woods like i can think of a lot of stuff Another cool interaction that we had, and I'm kind of thinking this is almost a theme throughout this episode, which I'm just getting to now. And I, I wasn't really thinking this and cognizant of it when I watched it, but we see the relationships of the finalists, the people that we have remaining, really developing, whether it's like a rivalry, an amorous relationship. But it's kind of cool to see this interlude between Neo 
and throb. This was one of my favorite interactions of the season because I thought that it really did a good job of showing people what a construct the idea of gender is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're having these people talk about roles of masculinity and femininity coming from different places. And I just thought it was so interesting. And I think people will learn a lot, hopefully, from watching this. But you got to see there how the cast genuinely does get along. For the most part, that's how they are. And I just love this moment for America, specifically seeing a non-binary AFAB artist advising a trans woman on masculinity. I am sure that minds were blown during that scene and people were scratching their heads trying to figure it out. But Throb's advice was pretty good. I think so, too. I mean, Dorito method, (laughs) fist pumping, hump stuff. (laughs) He's not wrong. Yeah, that was really endearing to see. I was very happy to see it. And now we move on to our looks and the floor show and our judges for this episode. How did you feel about this look? I was really excited about the hair. Yeah. I thought the hair was so cool and imaginative. Marco is such a genius. He does all of our hair. Yeah. But I don't know if I loved the way it all came together. No, this was not the look. I'm not going to throw someone under the bus, but some people didn't come through when they were supposed to. It happens to the best of us, darling. uh You got to hope for the best. And you know what? You can't win them all. That's what I got to say. So let's move along to our judges for this episode. <laughs> it was giving a little Xanadu, though. Xanadu, Grecian Muse. I exotic. like the dress. I like it. And I like the hair. I don't like them together necessarily. Yeah. Not how I would pair that. Yeah, I agree. But um, you do what you got to do sometimes. And our judges for this episode, we have returning for the first time since she won Titans, Victoria Elizabeth Black. That was so fun. Line. <laughs> <laughs> Who better. To judge a haunted house challenge than Victoria Black, who literally works in a haunted house. It's what she does for a living. It's perfect. I think so, too. And then Darren Stein, who is the director of Jawbreaker, who has been on the show every season since the first season. The only judge that has been back every season since season one. Yeah, it's always great to have Darren back. He's such a huge cheerleader for the show and has opened so many doors for the show back in the beginning. He truly is a patron saint of Dragula, a sister and a true fellow Transylvanian. Absolutely. So let's go on to the floor show. The floor show, I mean, we've talked about it already on the episode. The floor show was incredible. Did you have anything that you wanted to add? Because that's actually something I want to tell the fans. Because sometimes people will say, you know, you'll say this in the when you're talking in deliberation or whatever, but then you don't say it to the competitors. Just so that you all know. We do say it to the competitors, but the show is edited for the audience. So everyone knows that the audience already heard us say something. So we don't repeat it in the judgment because it would, people at home would be like, I already heard you say that. So the show's edited for the audience, not the competitors. The competitors already heard everything live and in person. And we say so much stuff during judgment that doesn't make it. That section usually gets edited down to what, maybe eight minutes. And I believe it's probably like eight to 12 hours to film it. So a lot is said. I was kind of holding my breath the first time we flicked on the UV. Me too. I just wanted to make sure that it came through. Like, was it powerful enough? Were their pigments powerful enough? Will we see the distinct transformation? And it was so satisfying to see. Well, because this time around, as we're directing the show, if it didn't work, it's it's our problem. We would have let down the competitors. So I was very concerned to make sure that we had enough blacklight and they were pointed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And 
I really worked hard with each of them to make sure I literally just grabbed lights and started moving them around myself, which people weren't happy about, but I don't care because it made it look good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I thought everyone looked fantastic. I was so happy with this floor show. No, it was a great floor show. I think this group of competitors this season are just so good collectively and they represent so many different facets of things. It's just interesting from every sector of drag. Mm-hmm. Except for Orgonics look, because <laughs> I was trying to figure that one out. And my guess is this might come down to like a cultural difference and a cultural interpretation because 80s black light haunted house is such a specific touchstone moment in American culture. He had no idea. So it, it seemed like he had no idea. But He said he had no idea. But you also have to have Neo who wins the challenge and right. is also from a foreign culture other than American culture. And had the same challenges of like trying to tap into that very specific era of American culture. Mm -hmm. And it was still strange, but it was just done so successfully. Right. Because I think Neo still drew from Asian pop culture. So you see that influence there, but it's still haunted and it's still the darker side of things, but told through an Asian perspective, which I thought was really interesting. With Orgotic, I think... He, if I'm not mistaken, said, I don't know what a haunted house is. I don't know what any any of this stuff is. And I think he tried to do the best he could with it. But I think it just went over his head, maybe. I agree. And we get out of this look that Neo put together, this sort of masculine presentation, almost like a killer, a story about gender. And it's such an endearing sort of heartfelt moment on stage. My spirit sings because you don't get to hear stories like this that often. No, and I, there was more to the moment. I felt like everyone was sort of emotional when we were all talking about it in the moment, but it doesn't always translate to, to TV. But yeah, I thought that was a very inspiring, relatable moment. I agree. And I thought Victoria did a great job with her feedback. I thought Darren did a great job with his feedback. Every year he gets more and more comfortable and I love to see it. And who knows what he's going to wear and what he's going to look like the next time. It's, it's always sort of like a surprise and I love it. Yeah. And I want to give a little special shout out to Blackberry because I thought Blackberry's look, I mean, Blackberry and Neo were so close on this one, I think. But their scoring, another thing people at home don't know, the scoring is not arbitrary on the Boulay Brothers Dragula. It's actually very detailed. There are sections of things you fill out from like originality craftsmanship there's so many different things that you're scoring it on and it's a point system that you add up that's how we decide who wins and loses things and sometimes it gets very close but we take into consideration all the judges feedback all the judges scoring and then someone adds it up and that's who wins and loses it's not just opinion base yeah every time the floor show ends we play the jeopardy music and we do all the math <laughs> and everybody adds up all the numbers but literally there's pages and pages and pages every competitor has their own page and there's like six or seven different entries and you, you do it one through ten and it's a lot of number crunching it, it really is. is very serious business well it is but i want to make sure that it's fair you know i want to make sure that the judging is fair and it still is up to everyone's opinion about what they're scoring these things on but it's less arbitrary this way, I think. It's not just, I like that or I don't like it. You're really looking at, how did the makeup saturate? What sort of materials did they use? How did it read on stage? How did they serve it? Did they move well? They're all those things factor I think in. it helps focus, especially guest judges. Yes. They may have had no experience judging shows like this before. They may have very little experience in judging anything. And when you come to set, it's a lot. Like, I, I know that Dragula is a lot when you're experiencing it for the first time. And I think all those directives really help inform the judges and keep them focused. 
So Orgotic and Cynthia are both up for elimination this episode. And in the cauldron, we have sort of half and half. Some people thinking Orgotic should be the one to go. Some people thinking Cynthia should be the one to go. Cynthia, what? You can't kill me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and there was the Fantasia shadow moment. I was like, Fantasia, you can't say your own name when you're... (laughs) It was giving a very new version of Priscilla Chambers talking head from Resurrection. That was so fun. Channeling the same energy for sure. And we move on to the extermination challenge. And this was a really tough one for me because it was so fun. And Cynthia and Orgotic were two competitors and I didn't want to see either of them go. This night when we drove out there, I was like, they have, they have no idea what's going on in there. Like they were scared too. Of course. The, the prompt was it's a, it's a house with no walls and it's a maze. And, and I don't think they understood it when we were telling them what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But they quickly understood once the first time <laughs> they stepped over the wrong line. <laughs> I love this one. I love this extermination. Like the lasers, the smoke, the warehouse. Like I thought it was so much fun to film and it was very painful. The, the shocking things that are sort of strapped to them where you, when you cross the line that go off were very painful, but I will say this at the end, once we were done filming, Cynthia wanted to continue to do it and get shocked more. She was like, (laughs) I'll do more. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm like, we're good. We're good. You don't have to do it again. So they ended up having fun, but in the moment, it definitely hurt. And, and her death scene turned out to be such a good one. It, again, it was so hot in there and confusing to get to. And you have to imagine the full drag of it all. And then there's black lights in the spiral room. And there are the grates on the floor that were catching our heels, chainsaws. And then the three of us in there. Yeah. Like, that was a lot. Yeah. I mean, this episode is so chock full of fun. I love this episode. I think it was a great episode. I think that everyone... Mostly everybody rose to the occasion for the challenge, and I was happy with their interpretation. Unlike Pleasure Planet X, where I wasn't super happy with their interpretation of the challenge, this one I definitely was. I think there's a listener question coming up in the next segment that addresses just that, so we'll just like put a pin in that for now, and we'll be right back to that. And on that note, we're going to take our second break, and we will return right after this. All right, welcome back, Uglies. You are just in time to join us in reading and answering your listener questions. Remember, if you have a question about the show that you would like us to answer on air, please write to us at creatures at bluebrothersdragula.com and we'll be happy to answer your question live. Nicole from Kansas asks, during your chat sessions before the cast comes out, you will say things that seem harsher than when they are with you on stage. Do you think that confused them? I do not think that that confused them because I think I actually talked about that earlier in the episode. We do say the same things to them, but it usually gets trimmed out in editing because if it didn't, the episode would be like three hours long. We usually repeat the same things in the judgment that we say in the deliberation, but for the audience's benefit, we cut it out from the actual judgment because then you would just hear us repeating ourselves and it would be boring. And it's so hard to get everything in that eight minutes. That's usually about how long judgment is eight to 10 minutes. You don't want it to go longer than Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I do want to throw this out there too. If there's a bombastic response that we get from a competitor 
and it's something that we did repeat in the deliberation, we will show that on the show. Oh, yeah. Like there's instances in the past that come to mind where I'm like, we might have said this twice, but look at this reaction we got. We have to show the audience that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't get that a lot. Someone, uh, another listener question asked, do any of them ever like freak out during judgment? And I can only really think of one time that that happened. Do you feel, do you think that's right? Mm. I can think of a couple. A couple? I think so. Oh. I think it happened on season three and it happened on season four. Who happened on season four? I thought Mary had a really tough time on that Monsters of Rock challenge. Like, but she didn't sh- freak out on us or anything. She got upset in the moment. That's what I thought you meant. Like no, visibly yeah. upset. Oh yeah. No, but not, she didn't get mad at the judges or anything. I think no. that's what they were asking. Like that only happened on season three with two. It was Madeline and Hollow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we showed all that. So V asked, I am sure a lot of people already asked this for Pleasure Planet X, since the floor show was not what you expected. How come you didn't send everyone to the extermination apart from the top three, maybe? Well, that's just the way the that's the formula of the show. Unless it's an extreme circumstance, it's the bottom two. And sometimes that third person is very close. But in this instance, we also have to take into consideration filming time, right? Because if you film multiple, more than two people doing extermination, sometimes you have to add a whole day of filming, throw the whole production off. That's the nuts and bolts of it. I would say this. I wish I had this in my mind that day because I think we could have played a card and said everyone's going up for extermination. And what a, what a moment that would have been because I think they actually deserved it. If it was an extermination that maybe it was a little more dynamic. I could see it, but this one was so straightforward. I don't know how entertaining it would have been to watch four or five people do that. No, but it would have punished them. And that's what I think is important here. <laughs> I don't think they should have been punished. I think that it, it was a generational or, or a cultural thing. They were not getting our reference. You know, we were thinking Rocky horror pleasure planet X and they just, that's how they interpreted the challenge. I wanted a punishment. <laughs> I thought it was deserved and I wanted punishment. <laughs> Khan asks, on the Pleasure Planet X episode, you mentioned wanting the looks to be more porno and more filth. I was curious if there were any limits or restrictions to that. No, there weren't. I don't think anyone was given any limitations. I mean, you saw some stuff during the filth for trash can children that you may have thought we would have edited out, but we didn't. So no, they weren't given any restrictions. They could have went full ham. I mean, on Dragula, we've seen vomit, blood guts every bodily fluid you can imagine objects coming out of anuses prosthetic vaginas triple phalluses i mean if there's a limit we haven't reached it yet yeah and if we had to we could always blur it but yeah that that wasn't an issue for this challenge todd from pennsylvania asks you both seemed very critical and disappointed after the pleasure planet x floor show could you tell me what you were expecting or hoping to see that you did not I thought we might have talked about it on the episode, but we may not have. We were looking for more Hellraiser slash Rocky Horror, like more sex monster, more perversion. We were looking for perverted fill. Yeah, I wanted tentacles and phallic appendages and eyeballs and multiple mouths and something out of Geiger or Hellraiser mixed with something really sexy. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Austin from North Carolina writes, which former contestant do you think would have nailed this Pleasure Planet X floor show? I bet Astrid would have did a good job at Mm, this. Interesting choice. Right? Yeah, I think so. 
I think Astrid has like a quirky creative sector in their brain that comes from Pleasure Planet X. Mm-hmm. And I invoked her name already. I'm going to say Priscilla. I think Priscilla could have killed this challenge too. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Charles and DC asks, will the junior mints movie club be coming back after this season concludes? I always love your movie reviews. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, we love to do them too. I think that's a really fun aspect of the show. Yeah, well, definitely when the podcast comes back after, we're probably going to take a break after the season is done. I think that'll be the end of the season for Creatures of the Night as well. I think that's what we're going to do, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be going on break for a little while, but when we come back, we will be doing our Junior Mints Movie Club reviews. We have been seeing a lot of movies too lately. I wonder if we should keep like a running list. We've been binging horror content on Netflix. We watched Thanksgiving. We watched Godzilla Minus One. And who knows how many more we'll see before the end of the season. Nate asks, during filming, are the contestants sequestered in a hotel like they can't interact? Or are they able to find love or filthy things when cameras aren't rolling? So there are times when the competitors are able to interact that isn't on camera. There's times where they're crafting for long periods of time that's not being filmed or if they're lunch breaks or food breaks or whatever or days off when people are just working on costumes and stuff like that, that they can't interact. And I think that's where you see a lot of those relationships develop. And believe us, we try our damnedest to keep them separate and quiet, but it's It's, difficult. It's very hard to do on on a set. And it's not for any reason other than we want to see those interactions on camera. We want to share the, the genuine interactions with the audience. Because of questions like this, they wonder, well, what, you know, when did they have time for this relationship to, to go further? And that's annoying to, you know, how do you tell audiences that when you're not filming exactly. them 24 hours a day? Exactly. So everyone is going in a little prison cell next year <laughs> unless we're rolling. Punishment. Kim from Glasgow asks, my question is, what non-horror media do you all enjoy? I think I heard you mention Star Wars once and obviously The Real Housewives. I just wonder if there was anything totally left field. (laughs) There is one thing that's totally left field. It's one of my favorite awful reality shows. And it is called The Family Chantel. Yes. Should we talk a little about The Family Chantel? I think we we need to. I think they've got five seasons. I mean, Mama Karen is the runaway star. Yeah. She is reality. Let's just call her Mother Chantel. (laughs) Mother Chantel. Mother Chantel is, is a reality. I mean, they were talking about the reality TV Hall of Fame. And I'm like... She should belongs in it. They just it just oh doesn't have God. the exposure. She that is other the shows super have. monster of the family Chantel <laughs> for real. She's amazing. If you have not watched the family Chantel, watch it, but don't at me after you watch it because it's something. I'll just say that <laughs> this is a spinoff from Ninety Day Fiance oh, the other right. way. We got introduced to Chantel and Pedro, and they go back and forth from the U.S. to the Dominican Republic, where we meet Lydia, my, Lydia, and. My queen, Pedro's <laughs> sister, Nicole. She's Don't so... say that live, then Mother Chantel will never like us. <laughs> well, look, Mother Chantel can be number one for you. <laughs> but in my book, Nicole gets the one. But Mother Chantel is right there. There's going to be a thrilla in, in Manila. Manila. <laughs> it's the karate that takes me out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, if you haven't seen this show, just watch it. Don't get mad at me that you wasted your money on it. But it's it's entertaining. 
It is. I think you'll thank us. Are they going to get a season six? I don't know. They said it's the final season. It's because they're getting this nasty divorce. Yeah, but I'm like, they still need to come back. Yeah. Maybe Chantel can go back on 90 Day Fiance. That'd be interesting. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have because we have to go watch the family Chantel episode six. No. (laughs) If you would like us to answer any of your listener questions, make sure you send them to us at creatures at bladebrothersdragula.com and we'll do our best to answer them on air. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review to the Belay Brothers Creatures of the Night wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will see you next time, uglies. Until then. Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drac Morta and Swanthula Boulay, along with co-host Ian DeVogler, with music by Neuron Spectre. <laughs> <laughs>